God, those communists are amazing. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Turnovers Podcast. I'm Mike, he, him, and today I'm here with Comrade Diop from the Black Community Control Police Organization. Comrade Diop, how are you? And would you please introduce yourself and uh, give our listeners a little introduction to uh, what your organization is and what you guys are about and what you do? Yes, Uhuru, Comrade. Thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Diop Olubala. I'm the chair of the Black Community Control of Police Working Group for the Black is Back Coalition. We are a coalition of many different organizations that was uh, organized under the leadership of uh, Chairman Omadi Ishitela, who is the, the founder and leader of the African People's Socialist Party and the African Socialist International. And uh, I want to encourage all of your listeners to go to our website, blackisbackcoalition.org, where you can find our 19-point platform for Black political self-determination, uh, one of which is the demand for Black community control of the police and uh, Black community control of housing. So, I mean, for anyone who's unfamiliar, I'm going to have to uh, put the press release in the show notes, but this press release that you gave me regarding the recent fires in apartment complexes in New York and Philadelphia. So I think people don't, may not understand the white nationalist and just settler colonial nature of even things like the fire department and every institution in this country, because I think people are very comfortable thinking of the police as a racist institution, but they may sort of give uh, the firefighters a, a pass in that way. So... So ruling class media is talking a lot about these fires and what could have prevented them. But what is your summation of the fires and their ultimate solution? Like, how could that have been different if we didn't have this systemic racism in place? Well, uh, the problem in our view isn't uh, systemic racism as such, but a colonial relationship that the entire U.S. government has with African people and oppressed people around the world. And when I mean colonial, I mean it's not a democratic relationship. It's not one where... Uh, Africans uh, or the colonized set the terms uh, for the relationship. And therefore, even in situations like fires, the solution that is imposed uh, is imposed on black people by the same forces that are responsible for our oppression and the existence of the fires, to put it in a short way. So for one, uh, one of the problems with the media or ruling class media summation of the fire is that it isolates uh, the question of uh, fires and uh, public safety of uh, African and oppressed people uh, to one that all is contained within the U.S. But the reality is that the same conditions exist. And uh, for example, they were uh, there were slums. Uh, the slums of Santiago, Chile, were on fire at the same time. You had the the floods in Brazil. You had the earthquakes uh, in Haiti, uh, where the only force that really emerged as the victor was uh, Bill Clinton and imperialism. Uh, but the thousands of deaths of Africans in Haiti was a consequence of uh, no resources, no infrastructure. Uh, and that's a consequence of a parasitic and colonial relationship that the U.S. and uh, white imperialism as a whole uh, has uh, with uh, the African nation. So we wanted to really uh, help our people understand that the conditions that gave rise to the fire in, uh, in the Bronx and in, uh, in Philadelphia a consequence of the same relationship that's been imposed on our people around the world. So the fact that the only proposed solution and criticism of the situation in the ruling class media is limited to that of uh, fire extinguishers is problematic because uh, the fact is that there is technology in existence that uh, has the ability to put out the fires that occurred in Philadelphia and uh, in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. But the question uh, is whether or not the forces uh, who make the decisions on what 
so-called fire prevention should look like, uh, they are driven by uh, profit. And uh, it's uh, the origins of the system through which they generate their profit can be found in the colonization of what is now known as North America by the United States government. And this is process when we talk about colonization that literally involved the extermination of the so-called Indian population, you know, a straight up genocide of the so-called Indians, the indigenous people of here, mm-hmm. the theft of their land, the enslavement of African people uh, forced to work on such land and all of the institutions of the, the superstructure that probably a lot of people listening right now is familiar with, all these institutions were organized to enforce that primary mode of production, which is colonialism. You know what I'm saying? Which is, because none of this, none, there would be no Philadelphia Fire Department if it wasn't for what happened to the Indians 500 years ago. Yeah. There would be no U.S. government as such. And the fact is that the U.S. government is an institution, an organization that was established to codify and sustain or facilitate an entire economy off of the land that was stolen by the indigenous people. And uh, so institutions like the firefighters or firefighting departments were founded not to protect or put out fires in the African community, but to protect or the indigenous population. In fact, they were the ones setting fire to the society of the indigenous people. So uh, the firefighters in the earliest stages of the United States history were only in place to put out the fires of the private property of the colonizer, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, at the juncture that Africans obtain some form of freedom and or democratic space, like in the case of Philadelphia in 1818, where African workers organized our own firefighting system and attempted to gain access to the water plugs that the city government controlled, all of the white firefighters, or the vast majority, over 25 or 26, I believe, firefighting organizations in uh, Philadelphia, who are all white, moved on that attempt on the part of uh, African workers to organize the capacity to deal with fire uh, prevention and safety in our community. Mm -hmm. And so all the skills and the resources that are, um, you know, concentrated in the question of firefighting are literally a consequence of organized white firefighters engaging in a, a colonial assault of actual colonial terror and violence, not just like diplomatic maneuvering, although the white firefighters, quote unquote, urged the city to not grant the African firefighters access to the water plugs. And the city actually, according to historic documents, say, well, you know, they fulfill all the legal requirements. And technically, based on what we put on paper, we have to give them access to the plugs. Mm -hmm. So what the white firefighters in the white community as a whole did was they started to terrorize the black community in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. In that same year, as this struggle was ensuing, an African orphanage was uh, set on fire, killing African babies. And, you know, we know about all of the white colonial violence that white workers have led and and waged against African workers here and around the world. And uh, that's just part of it. But what we're attempting to do is to 
show the entire society that the very institution that is dedicated to putting out fires was built or born out of the struggle to deny African people to set the terms for how fires should be put out. And the leading line or narrative that the media is putting out around the question, you know, the problem being just lack of fire alarms, you know, the fire detectors. That's what the line that the media is putting out. Like, oh, there was inoperative fire detectors. And that may be the case. And that may be the case. And, And that may be a problem. But the reality is that there is in existence fire prevention technology that would have immediately extinguished the fire at its source, irregardless of the presence of fire detectives. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and based on the way that the media is saying that if the deaths occurred in the Bronx and in Philly had a lot to do with smoke blocking off and entrances, doorways being open and all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But none of those issues would have emerged if there was firefighting uh, technology installed in the apartment units that would have immediately extinguished the flames. Yeah. And that may not always be the case. It may be situations where that won't work either, but we know that the best technology to prevent the spreading of fires and the lethal implications they have, the best technology to deal with that is not in the projects. Of course. It's, it's where the motherfuckers that got the resources is. And some of them may be Jay-Z and Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? They may be living with them too. Right, but right. they have their resources as a consequence of a social system that sets certain political terms in terms of how you gain access to those resources. Mm-hmm. And one of the primary terms is that the masses of African workers don't have it, won't have it. And the police function as this instrument, the state, the courts, the prisons, and all the institutions that don't have any problem with what I just said. The firefighter situation was never rectified. You know, and the fact that all they have to say about the shit is that we need some fire detectives. And that's that colonial arrogance in and of itself. We're supposed to be satisfied with that. But based on the fact that now we have the African People's Socialist Party, the advanced detachment of the African working class who shares the interests of the African working class, Mm-hmm. And but also it's all with revolutionary theory in the form of Yeshitaism or African internationalism that enables us to pull the covers off the bullshit, you know? Yeah. Even like on a basic the fucking virtues that they claim to uphold in terms of why does the city spend 1.5 billion dollars on police, prisons, courts, and fire department, but Nothing invested in the security of of housing for black people, period. Mm -hmm. Who make up the vast majority of the homeless and are stuffed into these projects that you might be better off living on the street if you were one of those 13 Africans in Philly that just got killed. But we now have the ability to intervene in this whole thing and to give every honest force the opportunity to unite under the leadership of the African working class. Because... It's only the African working class, clearly. It's the victims in that in those fires who would tell you what the best thing to do right now is. You know, mm-hmm. we need something that can put out a fire right here, right now. And the fire detector will deal with that. So and the technology exists. And so on a fundamental level, even beyond the question 
of black self-determination, which is our goal, because we know that the capitalists will never come to these conclusions, much less move on them, you know, because its right. entire driving motive is profit, and history has clearly shown that they will kill you like it's nothing. You make a lot of really good points in there because I think that's the main contradiction that people don't address is that, you know, the, just the idea of America as a country is based on that contradiction of ignoring the labor that actually built it and then praising the people who exploited those laborers. Just as now, the system is set up, the way that the budgets work, the way that the protection for people and prevention of fire, not only the response of the fire departments themselves once a fire has broken out, but the prevention to begin with, it's all motivated by profit. So they're right there in black and white. You know that the most expendable people are the poorest people, and they are the, the colonized people. They are the black and brown people in this country. And so you can see that that is the systemic racism. It's not some shadowy thing that just happens on, on an individual level in each and every individual police interaction or interaction that people have with the justice system or anything. It's set up right there on a systemic level. People need to realize that even if you were to remove every individual racist from these systems, it would still return those same exploitative and unequal results yeah. that it currently does. And people are too, yeah. you can't think about it on an individual level like that. But um, so I also listen, wanted to- man, listen, listen, this is what I want to say though, that second half of what I want to say is in terms of, so how do we move forward? Right. So we're saying that white people need to join the African People's Solidarity Committee. And the African community uh, must build a revolutionary mass movement with the goal of uh, black political self-determination uh, at its center, but which uh, is revolves around demands such as black community control of police. In this case, in terms of how we deal with this fire question, black community control of police, black community control of housing. Now I'm raising the question of African People's Solidarity Committee because part of what would facilitate the achievement of this goal in terms of getting state-of-the-art fire prevention systems and all uh, black community housing mm -hmm. would be for firefighters to recognize the history that I just laid out in terms of like why 96% of all firefighters is white and 93% is white men, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to recognize that that uh, has a historic basis and therefore the firefighters, many of whom I believe uh, really have a subjective will and desire to save people from fires and to look out for people. I, I don't think that right. uh, many of the firefighters really want to fight fires. But the problem is that organizationally, they work under the leadership of the capitalists, of the colonial capitalists. Mm -hmm. So no matter how the firefighter might feel in his or her heart about things and, and wanting to save lives, uh, the firefighter does not have the ability to uh, install the state-of-the-art fire prevention. But uh, you know they don't have the means uh, organizationally to make the changes that need to be made. So uh, the real question is, the firefighters, white workers in general, this is just like one example of many that can be applied to the role that white people, many of whom are listening right now, you know what I'm saying? I think we've listened talking to a lot of white people. Mm -hmm. What they have to do is to uh, get organized under the leadership of what I'm saying right now and uh, of the African People's Socialist Party, which is the organization that I follow and that formulated the uh, entire platform of political demands that I'm speaking on. So what uh, fire, white firefighters need to do is to, one, uh, confirm the fact that, yeah, if uh, X, Y, and Z uh, type of equipment was installed in those projects, there's a strong likelihood that those people would not have died and that the fire could have been contained, et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm -hmm. for firefighters to stand up and recognize the fact that they should not even be needed in a certain kind of way. 
based on the fact that this type of technology exists, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but also to uh, for white firefighters to uh, function under the leadership of the movement and struggle that is demanding black political self determination, because the capitalist is the enemy of freedom for black people, you know, and so they can't work for the capitalists because those are the same social force that uh, had you setting blaze to uh, the indigenous peoples of society and right. to uh, the African for orphanage and, uh, you know, uh, these forces, because the, the, the capitalists that you work for today, you know, they're the ones that hired you to put out the fires that protected their own private property. So you can't act like that's a legitimate leadership. You got to unite under the leadership of the African People's Socialist Party, and that means that you have to join the African People's Solidarity Committee. All, all of y'all. All, all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way, you know, you talk about racism. You know, racism is just the ideas and the minds of white people. And But there's a material force uh, in society that is responsible for the conditions that African people experience. And it's not just the ideas and the heads of white people that is responsible for those deaths, but it's uh, the material or organizational dynamics that I just got finished explaining. And we also uh, explain how those dynamics can be transformed as a consequence of a concrete plan of action that I'm putting down. We about to go down to the fire department in about half an hour after I get off of you. We about to go down to the fire department to initiate the struggle with them and to uh, uh, also uh, engage city council around the questions that we're raising right now. They have to answer to this shit. Why are you not putting the state-of-the-art uh, fire prevention systems in public housing? Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, there's a myriad of other questions that are tied to this, but we are limited in time. But the, again, the real question is simply not fighting racism or you know changing the ideas in the heads of white people, but actually subordinating white people in an organizational way, the same way that when you go to work to do whatever you do to get your paycheck, you got to carry out concrete and specific tasks, right? And if you don't do what they say, they fire you. So the same thing to an honest communist, white people, if you're honest, you would join the African People's Solidarity Committee. I can't put it any other way. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, yeah, I mean, if somebody got disagreement with that, then we can talk about it. But in the final analysis, the lack of stability that's uh, facing uh, white power right now is a consequence of the fact that Africans and other oppressed people is uh, getting organized and engaging in resistance to take our shit back. And so this is uh, the base, and it's going to get worse. And, you know, from Colin Collins, what's his name? Uh, the white kid from Temple University that just got, you know, shot and killed, and they say he got robbed. You know, that's a product of it as well. Because mm-hmm. we're talking about a system where all the resources in the, in the pockets of white people came as a consequence of, uh, of expropriating the resource and the labor value of, of African and other oppressed workers. And that's the objective contradiction of society. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things we can say in terms of like all the political implications and significance of your joining African People's Solidarity Committee, but that's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's how we understand this fire thing. And there's probably some other things, you know, like another thing, you know, another criticism we have in the fire department is, you know, we talk about history and some may say, well, that was way back when, da, da, da. but the reality is that even today, you know, the firefighting department, first of all, only 4% of the calls they receive have anything to do with a fire. You know what I'm saying? That's in the statement that we released, 4%. So 96% of the time, they're not fighting fires in terms of their activity, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that needs to be said. And uh, uh, 
I forgot what my point is. It was a whole point I wanted to lead to coming out of that. But well, no, I mean, a, you addressed the, the, I only had two more questions for you, which were that explaining the material conditions for how this, what do you call it, neglect, this violent neglect by the, the firefighting system is a white nationalist attack. And it's not just something that, you know, we feel is a racist thing. Like it materially is, and you explained that very well. And then I was just going to I'm ask you to- i it a violent neglect as such, because that puts white people in the center. But I'm talking about like for white people and firefighters who are honest. And mm. what I mean by it puts them in the center, like when you say that something is neglecting something, some, one of those words is a subject of the sentence and the other is the object. You can tell me which one was which, but the point is that the subject is in the center and the object is not. And its relation, its identity is based on its relationship to the one that's in the center. And so like, African, uh, you know, we don't suffer uh, some neglect. We suffer colonial oppression. And we're saying that if you're honest, it's white people because and the masses of African people go kill, keep on killing police and white settler colonists that go to Temple University. That's going to continue and kidnapping white missionaries. That's going to keep happening. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. The way I phrased it was too forgiving. The white community, there are sectors of the white community that can take a stance and have the foresight and, uh, you know, uh, wisdom to understand that there's a way to uh, overturn a, an entire social system that breeds ongoing uh, violence. But that, that uh, struggle must have as its center the defeat of U.S. imperialism and all of its institutions and white power and colonial capitalism as a system. So and that's why we say that if you, if you can unite with that, then you got to join the APSC. Yeah. But uh, if you don't, that doesn't mean that we're not going to move the shit forward. But I'm saying that this is the principal stance that white people must take. Well, that's as good of a call to action as I can think of. Uh, I, I know you have a time frame and I don't want to take any more of your time. So unless there's anything else that you want to tell our listeners to join or to volunteer with, um, they should obviously So yeah, this is what I wanted to say, Conrad. I was talking about the lack, the fact that they only spend 4% of the time fighting fires. Mm. But firefighters, they have a very tremendous ideological significance in colonial capitalist society. Because I, I don't want this to be confused. This is why I was recognizing the fact there's a lot of firefighters, I'm sure they really want to save lives and shit, but mm. they don't even understand themselves in terms of what they represent in society. And so even though only 4% of the time are they actually fighting fires, all the time they serve as a certain form of propaganda to justify the existence of the U.S. government and, and the you know U.S. colonial capitalist system, and you know like when 9/11 had happened, the first responders and our soldiers that you know uh, tried to save us from the fire set off by these crazy terrorists. But even like in the situation, what happened with the Bronx? One of the pictures I saw uh, in a ruling class media, I think it was New York Times, is a white firefighter holding this African baby in his arms. So ideologically, what does that mean? And this, I'm talking about in terms of what firefighters need to do. They need to unite with the demand for black community control of the police and turn their back on the police. You know what I'm saying? And, and, but that picture is showing this white firefighter holding the African baby. And so every African baby, basically, who sees that, oh, the guy that saved me, right? Yeah. Which is an external uh, arm of the of the colonial government and state, uh, but the child to say, okay, this is who's bringing my solutions, right? And, but not only that, but 
and the next day you see the picture of the firefighters and the police arm to arm at the 9-11 ceremony. So this serves as a form of a certain kind of, you know, ideological assault on the African population in terms of liquidating, uh, even, you know, crushing the idea of genuine independent capacity on the part of the African people to solve our problems. We saw what they did when we tried to have our own firefighting department. We saw what they did in 1818. But today, when I say, you know, they say, well, those are my grandparents did that. My grandparents let the move house burn down. We're different. But as long as you show this unity with the system, then you will always be justifying it. That's what your job is. It's not really to fight fires. You know what I mean? Clearly. Your job is more so to serve as a poster as a piece of propaganda for this criminal system. So we call it on firefighters again, the Joint African People's Solidarity Committee, who would provide you with a much more strategic program to carry out in the interest of the African People's Socialist Party. And one of which, of course, is the question of reparations and the relinquishment, not only in terms of material resources, but intellectual capital as well, in terms of learning the skills to fight fires, et cetera. And we're just using this as one example, but we can apply the same historic analysis applies to every so-called trade, which we did address as well, the opportunism of uh, white, you know, bourgeois trade unionism. But the point, you know, the point really is they got to join APSC, go to APSCUHuru.org, and they will provide you leadership in terms of day-to-day work as what, what do white firefighters do to mm-hmm. serve the African revolution? We, and we're going to go down there pretty soon to raise some of the questions that I was discussing earlier, but uh, there's a programmatic activity that they should be recruited to participate in on a day-to-day basis, and, and that is the leadership for that would come from APSC, which functions under the leadership of the Central Committee of the African People's Socialist Party, and, and Chairman Omali Ishitella. So, uh, you know, I, again, I just want to I, you know, this is not a subjective question, you know what I'm saying, in terms of just some kind of, I don't like firefighters, but we have to have an objective analysis of what their relationship to the system is. Right. So, you know, uh, and again, come with us, unite, say, this is what really would stop fires and prevent deaths in the future is a starting point. Yeah. Ooh. Thank you very much. No, I mean, thank you for your time, and I was glad that you touched on the number of times that colonized people have attempted to work within the system and start their own outside organizations and how they were violently, um, either through corruption, racist corruption, or just outright violence, they were destroyed because the settler colonial project cannot tolerate that. But you're right to point out that our listeners are going to be most, mostly white, mostly online leftists. And so I'm sure that they're all as equally outraged when they hear this stuff as, as I am. So you know, that always comes with the desire of like, what can you do? And that is the answer. The answer always is and always has been to organize. So join the APSC. So that is the answer right there. Join the APSC. So thank you again, comrade. Yeah. I appreciate your time. So thank you, comrade Diab. Yeah. Take care.